when we were able to create a safe environment for them and the parents were like, wow, this is really cool. All of a sudden the kids went, wow, this is really cool. Well, it's day 339 of quarantine, and here we are. Johnson & Johnson has joined the vaccine club. Melting snow means you can finally stop drying wet mittens, and the Amazon delivery guy is now considered part of your extended family. Jerry Seinfeld was right, Sarah. Having kids is like owning a blender without the lid. And welcome to episode four of PDQ, Parenting During Quarantine. I'm Sarah Croco, and I'm joined, as always, by my longtime friend and colleague, Leah Windsor. Hello, Leah. Great to be here again, Sarah. Did you really just say day 339? Are we really coming up on one year of this? Yes, we are. And you know, saying that just makes me think about a great discussion I saw online this week. Uh, Ludris Garcia Navarro at NPR posed the question this week, when did you realize the situation was going to be different? What was the moment in 2020 when you understood that things had changed fundamentally? Uh, So Leah, what do you think? When did you first realize that the world was about to change? Well, I had a colleague who was in Wuhan um, in January and February of last year, and they were quarantined upon their arrival back into the U.S. for two weeks. Um, And I think I'm just predisposed to panic anyway. And so when that when when I saw my colleague quarantined, I took the kids out of school early. They you know, the teachers were saying, well, you know, these, the days are going to be counted against them, you know, as absences. And I said, you know what, I don't care. We're not going back anyway. So I just, I figured that it was all downhill from this point on last year. Okay. Master Lee, did you want to chime in with when, when you knew that something was looming on the horizon? It's interesting that this is the question because it was probably two weeks or three weeks before March 13th, the day that we actually closed our businesses, we had a student um, who was involved in the research for all of this came to us like ultra aggressive about you guys, you're going to really have to consider closing down. And because we had no knowledge of anything, I was like, okay, yeah, you know, it's that never would have thought that we'd be going through something like this in my lifetime or with our business. And so I mean, I guess the seed was planted. And then once my sister, who is like my rock, not only in life, but in the business was like, listen, RJ, we're closing down. I was like, okay, this is real. And like, it, it was almost instant, even though the seed had been planted. When she made that call, it was like, okay. And Miss Marilyn, how about you? When did you realize like something bad's coming? I'd say it was about the same, that same um, student, said some stuff, but she made a really big deal about you guys giving each other high fives at the end of class. And she wanted it to stop. And she put up a huge fight about it. And she actually did both um, uh, fitness kickboxing and um, CrossFit. So she would do her thing over there and I would be at CrossFit coaching. And then she would come over and tell us over there, you know, more things and show us stuff on her phone. And that's kind of when I knew it like, sped up quickly. Like a few days later, I was like, this is too much. We're going to have to make a choice here so that at least our students knew we were being proactive about it instead of just waiting for something bad to happen. And then it was too late. What about you, Sarah? 
For me, it was this one moment that sticks in my head that was way back in January where the story was coming out of uh, the Wuhan area of China. uh, And they said that the government was going around welding shut apartment doors. And it was this, you know, pretty extreme measure, you know, even in other health crises, you don't hear about that. Uh, And how it was just this extreme lockdown. And then in the same news story, there was this time lapse video of the Chinese building these hospitals, basically, in three days, they would build these massive hospitals that could hold 1000s of people. And I'm like, okay, this is not MERS or SARS. This is this is something bad. And I remember and like, maybe, you know, I watched that story really carefully. But it wasn't yet. It didn't seem like it was spreading out. Of course, it was we know that now. And I remember the day when Italy shut down and thinking, okay, and I remember going to the store and doing things that in retrospect are so dumb. Like I was, you know, at the store, no mask, no nothing, just walking around looking for food that I thought would be good to have. And so I bought things like almond milk, like, which we never drink, but I'm like, okay, that's like shelf stable. Cause I just, I had no idea what was coming. And I'm like, what are my kids going to eat? Like, <laughs> I just, I was panicked as a mom. I was like, I don't know how to help my family in this. I have no idea how to prepare for this. Uh, so that uh, January, the apartment welding, that was a big moment for me. I was like, this is big. Um, but then it was that moment in the grocery store where I was like, I am overwhelmed and I have no idea how to handle this. I feel like this was my moment for, for being a disaster prepper. Like, I've got the life straws at home. I've got the go bags. I've got the dry goods. I've got the peanut butter. I've got the the extra cat food that we actually had to use during the water emergency in our town last week. I mean, this was like, I, I was made for this moment. Like it's massively stressful, but at the same time, like we, we've got stuff on hands. My husband the other day was like, well, you know, we don't need another five pound bag of rice. I'm like, get the five pound bag of rice, put it on the Amazon <laughs> order. Don't wait, like just get it. The other thing that really sh- marked this shift was how the neighborhood suddenly literally came together and people who never texted each other were suddenly texting being like, I'm going to the store. What do you need? I'll go get, you know, the milk for you. I'll go. And it was this really cool thing that has continued throughout. I am so pleased to welcome our next guests, Ms. Marilyn Lee and Master RJ Lee. Ms. Marilyn and Master Lee own and operate the Black Belt Martial Arts Center, or BB Mac, in Kensington, Maryland, as well as Team U Strength and Conditioning, also in Kensington, Maryland. Master Lee has been practicing martial arts since he could walk. He holds a fifth degree Black Belt in Taekwondo and co-owns both businesses with his sister, Ms. Marilyn, who is also a Black Belt. Most importantly, Master Lee and Miss Marilyn have been motivating me and kicking my butt into shape for more than three years. So this interview should be a piece of cake for them. So to either Miss Marilyn or Master Lee, why do you think it's so critical that kids stay active during stressful times? What aspects of martial arts are particularly helpful in this regard? From my experience with not just pre-COVID, but now, you know, the discipline and the structure of the martial arts is so important. And it's it's a it's essentially piggybacking on what parents are doing in their households. So I think when you can build that, that village and, you know, that community, you know, outside of the household, um, it goes, a it goes a long way. And did you have a lot of kids who seemed like really eager to come back to have that structure? Cause I know that that's a big part of a lot of those kids' lives. Like, have you noticed that like kids are eager to join the classes that you guys are holding outside? Uh, oh yes, definitely. Out, outside classes. Um, they definitely wanted to, 
to do that and engage uh, because, you know, everything pretty much is, is virtual now. So uh, when we were able to, um, you know, uh, Miss Maryland played a huge part in helping us figure out how to do that safely outside. Um, it was it was like an eye opener for the parents that, wow, this can actually be done. And then, you know, what was also surprising in that is how cautious the kids were. Um, and if when we stepped back as instructors, especially myself, this was a big eye opener to how kids don't just follow, they don't follow what you do or say, they follow what you do. So if as a parent or as a role model, you were panicked, your kid was panicking. And so um, when we were able to create a safe environment for them and the parents were like, wow, this is really cool. All of a sudden the kids went, wow, this is really cool. So martial arts is a discipline that requires so much careful instruction. What was it like teaching classes online for kids for the first time? Um, were you able to engage in the same way or how did you adapt? Uh, so it, it was definitely really challenging in the beginning because we are a very, uh, we have a very hands-on type of instruction um, in the sense where, you know, we we teach martial arts, but it, it's so much more than that with, you know, just being able to interact and sometimes, you know, just being able to wrestle with a kid because they want to get out some energy and, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, I actually learned Taekwondo in that class. I thought I just spent like, you know, 30 minutes wrestling with Mr. Josh or, you know, so, something like that. So that was that was challenging to do in the beginning. Um, but we take a lot of pride, whether we were teaching in the martial arts school outside or virtually, like getting to know our members. So it wasn't hard for us to really relate to them over like on the screen, because I still knew little Johnny loved baseball or they liked a certain superhero. So we could talk and relate on, uh, you know, on different, you know, um, things that they had going on in their life aside from martial arts. We just had to do that like times 100 because we couldn't fall back on the physical contact that we like to implement in our, our training and, and stuff too. So um, it was like, you know, we realized that we had to like really press one button more than being able to press three of them, uh, you know, when all that started. So it was, it was challenging in the beginning, but then we, um, I think like anything else realized that in our position and it kind of goes back to the whole, like when this became real is it, we're not allowed in some ways to like show a weakness or that this is an actual problem. People come to us to not have problems anymore in a sense. Right. So, um, we had to like do all that behind closed doors and figure it out. And while that's happening, it's like, you got to keep this ball rolling because I can't spend 30 minutes in a virtual class complaining to a five-year-old about how this is tough. It's time to figure out how to get it done. And so it was all about, you know, keeping your ears open to certain parents, giving us feedback for how this was good, how, how it was playing out in their regular, you know, school for their kids. And, um, you know, things that they noticed were working for, you know, certain, you know, we have certain kids that have different challenges. What works for them over Zoom versus what doesn't and then you know us taking the approach of there's not you know it's not the way it's a way to do something and there are plenty of ways to do it so being open-minded to that you know I'm also very fortunate that you know my sister Miss Marilyn has a um has a daughter who is um you know going in virtual school she's also in the taekwondo program so she you know could give us upfront feedback like hey this this isn't working this is working this is why you know August does or doesn't want to do something and that that helped a lot too with us being able to transition into you know being successful with the Zoom classes. 
you guys have been at this for almost a year with not only the Taekwondo and the Muay Thai and the martial arts school, but also with your uh, strength and conditioning class with Team U. So how has your business stayed safe as we learn more about COVID? How did you guys kind of change your practices over time to make sure that your members stayed safe? Well, I think first we've um, stayed outside and we stayed on Zoom. So while there's tons of gyms locally around us that are open and are inside, um, when this first started, we have a student who is big into surveys and he reached out to us and we took advantage of him and had him help us put something together where we could see how people actually felt about going inside. And we learned that most of the people in our community were not interested in it. There were a few that were, but for us, that didn't really make the difference. What made the difference was all the people who weren't. And truthfully, we weren't really comfortable with that either. Okay. So this one is for our listeners who need to get inspired to move. Why do you think so many adults are having a hard time staying motivated to exercise during the pandemic? So from uh, just experience myself and my own like personal challenges with it all with the you know pandemic and COVID. I think it's we all need to again pivot and understand our why and why we are working out in fitness. Um, for me to just use myself as an example, I was an ultra competitive athlete, you know, somebody who was looking to go above and beyond in certain levels of my fitness. And then once all this happened, because of either closing our gym and not having equipment, certain equipment that was accessible for me or whatever, I couldn't reach these goals that I had set. So it took a little while for me to realize like, whoa, whoa, wait, RJ, like, let's think about the actual reason why we work out. It's great to want to be competitive if that's, you know, where it is. But right now, that's, that's not the focus. The reason behind working out now is to be healthy. So how do you think, what are, what are some strategies you think that people can use to get over the hurdle or like, you know, if you're a parent who's working from home and homeschooling or, you know, support class virtual teaching and also, you know, managing the house and whatnot, thinking of like, oh my gosh, there's one more thing that I have to do. Like how motivate us? Like, how do you, <laughs> how do how do you get, um, you know, parents that are already at their wits end. So I think, you know, you, you said it really well yourself. How, how do we do this? How, how do I get myself, you know, and I get to, you know, be with my sister firsthand and watch, you know, her with August and, you know, the, the challenges and all the things that go on is, I mean, I'm going to be extremely blunt. Take advantage of me. Take advantage of us. That's what we are for, right? So we spend a lot of time to put systems in place. So that way, when it's like, oh, how do I work out? What do I do? You don't even have to think of it other than showing up. Put the Zoom ID in. Show up for the outdoor classes. And that's all you got to do. And then here's the thing is, just work to what your body wants to do that day. Don't You don't have to be better than you were yesterday or the next day. All you got to do is do a little something. If I could just jump in and ask this Marilyn to elaborate on what she does at BB Mac and Team U with the fitness challenges, because for me personally, that was a huge game changer in this whole thing. I was in a total funk for like basically since March and then through like the end of the year when I just felt like everything was on fire and it was horrible. And then it was almost like you sensed that and you're like, hey, we're doing a fitness challenge starting in January. And 
from that, that was just enough to like push me over and to get moving again. And it was, I just can't thank you enough for doing that. So I wanted to know like how you think about that or what reactions you've seen from people when you set up these fitness challenges, like tell us a little bit about it and then the effects of it. Okay. So I've been doing the fitness challenge for, I don't know, maybe four or five years now. Um, and I don't even remember why I came up with it, but I think we just were talking about like a food challenge, something like that. But then I incorporated kind of everything in it. So it covers your eating, logging your food, drinking a certain amount of water a day, having a teammate that you make contact with so you guys can motivate each other and stay on track with each other, um, doing certain exercises outside of your regular workout routine, making sure you'd still do your workout routine, um, avoiding sweets. And I think that's it. So basically it's, it's, um, a point based system and you do, you just check off all these things that you do every day. And the cool thing about it is it doesn't tell you what to eat. It just tells you what food groups to include. So you have to include your three servings of veggies, your two servings of fruits, uh, and then you're avoiding your sweets. So for most people that does the trick because instead of leaning over and grabbing a bag of chips, they lean over and grab their apples because they need to make sure they reach their two fruit servings for the day. So it's really simple, but something about me putting it out and looking at what everybody's doing makes them do it a hundred times better than they would do it on their own or with a pal or something like that. I can attest to the fact that with you in charge of it and that you send out, you know, the checklist, that is what makes it work. I just, I print those out. I put them on my clipboard and I will also, I think one of the rules is you have to stop eating by nine 30 at night. Oh, yeah. yep. There are a lot of nights where I was shoving spinach in my face to make <laughs> sure I got those veggies in by nine 30. <laughs> so I can be a testament that it does work. The having the checklist that somebody else is saying, Hey, I'm watching you to make sure you get this done. Cause you're going to have to report your numbers at the end of the week. Uh, yeah. So I think that's a huge uh, benefit that you guys put out there for people. So before we go, what are some inspiring things you've seen from the BB Mac and Team U communities throughout all of this? I think the number one thing that came to my mind is how the kids and the younger, like the youth will adapt if you create expectations and you hold them accountable and then also lead by example. It's amazing. It's, it's, in, in, you know, you see that you would see it in other areas, but right now with everything going on, um, the question earlier was asked, like, you know, did you see kids excited to come to class? And it was, if you, you know, create the expectation, you don't tell them how, but you tell them why and you educate them on the why that we are doing this. And then it's hit from the parents and their role models and it's in class and their peers are doing it. Oh man, it's, it's just been really amazing to see. And it's, you know, it should be inspiring for other kids, but also the parents and then also make us do a self check and say, well, whoa, wait, if they're doing this. We should be, you know, making sure we're on board. Master Lee and Ms. Marilyn, thank you so much for joining us. I am so motivated to get moving myself. And I really like the idea of letting somebody else be the adult in the room and tell me what to do rather than <laughs> me being primary parent. <laughs> um, so tell me, where do we find you and how can we follow what you're up to? So we're located in Kensington, Maryland. Uh, both of our businesses are at the same location now, which is super convenient. Um, our Instagram handles for um, both of them are team.u.bbmac. And then the other one is team.u.strengthandconditioning. Our websites are bbmac.com and teamuxfit.com. And like Master Lee said earlier, you know, we're providing the service. We're trying to figure out ways to keep everybody involved and active. 
Um, we're here. We want everybody to be a part of it. I know that it's difficult because we're all waiting for things to be normal again. The truth is they're not going to be normal again. So we're doing what we can to keep things normal for you. We're offering two free classes to anybody who wants to come out and try them. Um, you can be a member and want to try strength and conditioning. You can still do them for free just to kind of try it out and see if it's something you're interested in. Maybe get you outside, get you active in a little bit of a different kind of way. But yeah, that's it. We're here. We hope to you know, see more faces and get more people active and, and get used to the new normal. Can you join if you're not in Kensington? Like, can you still take online classes with you? Oh, yes, sure. So we have Zoom classes. You can take them from anywhere you'd like. We actually currently have some students in other states. We even have one in Japan who drops into classes from time to time, which is super cool. So we offer Zoom and outdoors. Be sure to like and subscribe, check out our other episodes, and tell your friends about our new adventure. If you want to learn even more, join our 5,000-member community by searching for Parenting During Quarantine on Facebook. This has been Parenting During Quarantine. From our bubble to yours, keep hanging in there. Bye.